From locking in new clients with proposals and contracts to automated invoicing and making sure you get paid, Harlow has you covered. Harlow is built by freelancers for freelancers, so they truly understand how you work and what you need to run a thriving freelance business. With Harlow, you can send professionally designed proposals with integrated e-signatures to get your projects kicked off with ease, easily invoice clients and accept payments with the click of a button, get a single view of all your clients and all related documents, meetings, and tasks, stay on top of your projects and to-dos, and track your time all in one place. Gone are the days of managing your business in spreadsheets, forgetting to invoice, and generally feeling scattered. Harlow is here to help solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. Get started today at meetharlow.com. Big thank you to them for sponsoring this season of the Creative Class Podcast. Thanks, Harlow. Oh, hello. We're back. And we're voguing. And we're here. We're here. We're here for you. We're also dancing. We're here for you. Um, (laughs) We're here. I was just putting on my glam. Yes, we were all just, we're just getting ready for this. We're pumped to talk about this topic. Today, we are talking about just kind of like premium freelancing and stepping up your game and like advice for more advanced freelancers. So stepping away from the more generalized folks who are getting started and speaking a little bit more directly to the folks who have been at it for a while, are ready to level up. What are the things they need to be thinking about and doing and what are some of the things that we've done over the course of our careers to to get kind of to the next level? So, Mike, I want to start with you and ask you, first of all, like, how did you know when it was time to start taking things to the next level? Did you reach like a certain point in your career? Was there a shift that happened? Was it a benchmark? Talk to me. All right. That's a great question to kick off with, because I was going to ask you, what even defines an advanced freelancer? Um, but this is actually kind of a very more pinpointed way to define it. And, you know, I think it differs by industry, right? And also kind of like the capacity that you can take on as a sole person um, and like the how much how many projects you can take on, how many clients you can take on on your own. But I would say for me, where I didn't feel like, an, you never feel like an advanced freelancer, but you know, I've started noticing around like the 150, 200,000 a year mark. And that's like, kind of like the way I, big picture. Um, it was around there that I noticed I need like, I'm a business. Like, no, no, I'm not, not that I'm a business. I noticed there that like, I'm like on the teetering of becoming an agency or just being myself. And it was kind of in that moment where I noticed that I was like working with, I was delegating out a few tasks and kind of like playing around with the idea of, you know, agency model. Mind you, I'd also had an agency. um, So I was familiar with how agencies are run. So that's when I kind of noticed, I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm making, you know, around 200K right now a year and I'm overloaded with work and I'm delegating out tasks. So maybe this makes me an advanced freelancer. How many years did it take for you to get there? So it actually took me like five, I would say like five years, five or six years um, until I really broke the mark for that income level. And also that came with like learning more about my craft over time and like fucking up and getting fired from clients and firing clients. And it was like a whole mess to get up to that. Um, it wasn't like I just turned on the the dial one day and I was like, I'm advanced. Like it took <laughs> tears. I've arrived. 
I've arrived here at this advanced freelancer thing. But it like, it took, I literally have cried. Like it took everything out of me to get to this place where I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm not just like taking assignments anymore. I'm, I'm, a, I'm managing assignments. Um, where was it, where was it kind of for you? Do you have, what's your, like, where did you start to feel like you were transitioning yeah. out of like someone's like 18 people's employee, you know? Yeah. I, similarly to you, feel like I reached a breaking point where I was like, wow, I am really busy all the time. There's a ton of demand for the work that I'm doing. People seem to like kind of know me in the space that I work in. Um, and so the referral engine is really going strong. I also started delegating things out, did it really, really slow and kind of stair-step things. Also major control freak. So I was like, I <laughs> have to do everything. And so I started with baby steps and I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to get help building my briefs for these clients and like help with the research piece. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get help with a first draft just to kind of speed up the process. So I have a jumping off point and I'm going to do the briefs because I'm super efficient at that. Um, and then it was like, okay, I'm going to outsource the editing piece because I'm spending a lot of time doing kind of nitpicky grammatical type edits. I could surely hand that off to somebody else who's really well-versed in that. So really just started getting to the point where those pieces of the puzzle were coming together. And like you, I was thinking, okay, I'm at the point now where the business development side of things, it's going really smoothly. I'm good at that. I enjoy doing that piece. What things can I do to make the actual execution piece more efficient? And so for me, I would say that was probably about four years in. And I don't think it was really a specific uh, like income or earning point of view that made me do it. It was more like, I am so stressed out and I have way <laughs> too much on my plate. And if I don't do something, I am going to fall to pieces. So I think you've reached that point where you're like, wow, this is really great. This is so amazing. But also if I don't do something differently, I'm going to die. So yeah, that was it for me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic. Dramatic. Right, well, I hope I hope you have some tips for us to tell us how to not die. How I'm to not scared. die. Yeah, I'm a little scared. <laughs> um, and, no, and I think that's a great point. And for me, it was also, it was, I feel like I became an advanced freelancer when I looked inside and was like, all right, like when I was in the beginning, I didn't pay attention to my weaknesses or my strengths. I was just like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to appease every single person out there. And it was kind of when I started looking at like, all right, what are my weaknesses? I'm not a good editor. So I started hiring editors to, to edit my work, you know? And also like, where am I spending the most time? Research. What parts of the research can I, can I get out to other people? You know, like I can do interviewing and talking with sources or whatever but maybe there's someone that can do stats roundups that I can use in the articles, you know, or yeah. dig through publications and pull out like the fun facts and, yes. and recent news that's going on. Um, so it was definitely when I started looking at my strengths and weaknesses and seeing like where I had the money to delegate out to was, mm -hmm. I guess when you, I considered self-qualified as a advanced freelancer, put it in the lights, you know, whatever that yeah. means. <laughs> Advanced. But I guess <laughs> advanced. So I guess like <laughs> the question is like, okay, so how do you, Kaylee, build your workflows? Like what is what does your workflow kind of look like from you know beginning to end? And where how can people kind of replicate that type of success? Because I know just from knowing you, hi, 
um, you're very good with your workflow. Like you have it to a T and it's super tight. Yeah. And I need your help too. So if you could give us a little insight into how a freelance workflow works. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, like I never wanted to have an agency. I feel like the agency models, I just, it do, it's not super in line with what I want for my day to day. I, I don't want to be like a, a manager. I still want to be very hands-on with the work that I'm doing and the people that I work with. So that just felt like a level that I, I, I wasn't interested in. And I still kind of wanted to keep my fingers on things because again, control freak. So for me, my workflow is very much just like, what are the thing? what, what, how can I play my strengths? Right. So I really like editing, polishing, doing a kind of a context edit when I have a first draft and like poking holes and, and saying, how can you, how can we make this better? How can we go deeper here? This is missing. We need to pull in examples from X, Y, and Z. So my role, I feel like now is not only am I developing a really thorough brief to help the writer get that first draft kicked out. So I'm doing a lot of the kind of heavy lifting with brief development, early research, planning, things like that, developing outlines. What's happening now is I'm more of like a, let me just, let me just put my hands on it and make it what it needs to be. So it sounds like mm -hmm. I'm Jesusing the content, which is not I mean, you're, what you're, I'm doing. you're making it the Kaylee Moore content. That's the point. You know, that, <laughs> And right, I think that's, it. I'm going to jump in here real quick. And I think that's the big difference between whether you're deciding, like, do I want to be an agency or do I want to just be myself? Because right. the agency is, in my experience, very hands off on that. Whereas yes, if you're exactly. still, if you're bylining under your own name or these projects like reflect you um, and your personal brand, uh, then yeah, like you definitely maybe want to consider not going agency model and having that like Jesusing the content yes. or Jesusing the project. <laughs> And making it yes. the the Kaylee Moore or you know the the Michael Keenan the whatever you know yeah and that's the thing a lot of time I still I still really want to get in there and get into the weeds and and write on a topic and build out sections and do stuff like that so this type of operation gives me the ability to do that while still being super efficient so as far as workflow goes it's nothing fancy it's really just kind of like how can I play to my strengths and then how can I delegate the things that I either find really tedious or that I'm not super great at. And I think that that really enhances the outcome of the material as well. So it makes the content better, stronger, and more effective because yes, I'm using the things that I'm good at, but I'm also playing to other people's strengths as well. And at the same time, it's kind of an apprenticeship model where the people that I work with are learning from me and I'm learning from them. So it's everybody wins in this equation. Okay. Very interesting. So yeah, thanks for like kind of sharing how your workflow works. So when you say it's like an apprenticeship model, which I love, I love learning because I always think there's something to learn no matter what stage or quote unquote advanced, whatever, uh, you can always learn from the people around you. Um, so who are the people or how do you decide like, hey, this person's going to be, is going to complement my, my workflow or my project? Like, how do you, you know, are you go looking for juniors? Are you looking for, you know, what's like the profile that you're going after? Are you managing your business or using multiple tools? Or are you still using spreadsheets and your notebook to stay on top of work? It's probably time to upgrade. Harlow is an all-in-one freelance tool that helps solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. With automated invoicing, proposal templates, and much more, Harlow has everything you need to run a thriving freelance business. Check it out for yourself at meetharlow.com.
Yeah, I so I don't work with a ton of of other freelancers. It's it's a very small group of people. Most of them I've worked with for a long time. Either I've helped them with projects or they've helped me on past projects. So I know what their subject matter expertise is and kind of what their strengths are as writers. So it's not even a matter of keeping a spreadsheet. It's really just you know there are like three or four people that I work with regularly, and and here's what their bandwidth is, and here's what they're good at, and so just kind of delegating based on that. And again. A lot of the time, it's still just a matter of like, oh, I really like this topic. I want to, I want to get in there myself. I just kind of need a little bit of a help to get this, to get this first draft rounded out, fleshed out, finished up, things like that. So sometimes it's not even a super heavy lift, but it's really just a matter of, of knowing your people and knowing who's good at what. And yeah, I, it's not super complex. I think it's just a matter of just, just communication and keeping an open door and, and knowing what people like too, because you don't want to give people projects or assignments that they're like, I don't want to do this because it shows sure. in the work. Yeah. And then, so in, in the sense of like building out team, like your team and working with people, what's, what's your biggest mistake that you've ever made and why oh. is it? No, I'm just kidding. But what's the biggest yeah. mistake you've ever made? And like, what have you learned from that mistake? Yeah. I think my biggest mistake is that there was a point in my business where I was really, really busy all the time. I was getting a ton of projects. I was saying yes to everything because money, opportunity, mm -hmm. wonderful, but it was too <laughs> much. It was too much. And so I was like bringing in people who I hadn't worked with a ton before and I wasn't super happy with the quality of work. So I ended up having to do it over myself. So I think that that's kind of a, a word of, of wisdom is like, don't get in over your head. Yes, there's endless opportunity once you get to a certain point within your freelancing business where you're getting a ton of opportunity, but you still have to be very selective about the things that you say yes to. And saying no is a superpower. And I think that that's a big lesson to take from this for premium freelancers is that when you get this influx of work and you get all these people who are like, oh, we'd love to work with you, being highly selective, number one, is good because it shows that you're in demand when you can turn down projects or refer them out. And number two, it helps you like, you know, the, the economics 101, when demand increases, price increases. So the more in demand you are, the higher you can charge. Because you can say, well, if I lose this project, that's fine. There's somebody else who's going to scoop up this slot. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, no, as yeah. a superpower in terms of being a... Because I usually just say, like, just say no to the things that you don't want to do. Um, that too. That too. So, Okay, so given the luxury of additional time, you know, how would you approach building a workflow from scratch? Like if you're just a freelancer yes. outside of content, it doesn't matter what the industry is, like how would you approach it? Yeah. So in hindsight, looking back, like I said, I was like, oh, I have the bandwidth now to do so much more. And I said, yes, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. So in hindsight, now what I would do is, build a workflow to where I'm working no more than like five and a half hours a day. Cause what I found is like, that is my sweet spot. That is where I feel happiest. I do the best quality of work. Um, it's good work-life balance and it feels like a luxury, right? When you're, that feels like premium freelancing to me when you have the flexibility to be like, I'm only going to set my work day to be this long. Like this is what my ideal day work work-wise looks like. And here's how I'm going to build it and um, construct it. So it looks that way and how it functions that way. So I would just be highly selective. I'd find like three or four really good, high quality people that you trust that deliver projects on time, 
um, that do what they're what they say they're going to do and pay them well. And when they go above and beyond, reward them, right? Like send them their favorite alcohol or send them a gift card <laughs> to Amazon. Like do things that let them know you appreciate because they're what's helping you build the business and get to that premium freelancer level. And you can't do it without them. So you have to really be good to those people. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I just want to say, I did help you with that brief once and I really love red wine in the fall. So if you're planning on sending Noted. me my favorite alcohol, <laughs> yeah. if you're planning on sending me my favorite alcohol, I like red wine at this time of year. So I'm just going to put that out there. Noted. Um, okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. What about you uh, though? I'm curious. I'm curious for you. What, what things have you done that you feel like have really helped you level up your freelance business? So teaching what I know is actually one of the most rewarding things that I've done. And, and you know, outside of the financials, teaching what I have learned has been probably the, is, has been the most rewarding thing for me. Um, and I do that through Peak Freelance. And also like what I really love about it, and I know this is like, I'm going a little off topic here, but it's beyond like the courses and everything. It's the community that I think I've worked to build with Elise in Peak Freelance that has been like, the most reward because I've learned so much from other freelancers about how to freelance, you know, all the different styles, the problems, and then just connecting with other friends that I, you know, well, they weren't friends, but now they're friends um, and connecting with other people who like have the same challenges and issues and kind of solving them together. Um, and that that's like a by like the byproduct of how I wanted to kind of like take the skills that I've learned and share them with other people through Peak Freelance, right? Like I got all these other amazing benefits um, that I really am grateful for every single day. You know, like I get into I get into Slack in the Peak Freelance, and I just, you know, I get to chat up with my with my new friends there. We get to engage in the conversations. And again, yeah, it was like going outside of just the traditional, like, hey, like make an online course now that you know what you're doing. You know, um, because also like the truth behind that is they're actually not that easy to sell. Um, I know there's like so many like get rich quick schemes to to sell your course and stuff, but they're not that easy to make a lot of money off of. They're a good avenue, right? Like you can get like trickle, like trickle in income. That's not a word. Um, I was thinking trickle down economics, but you can kind of like trickle in the income, but the, you know, we've- and Selling that's kind is of hard. Way, selling is hard. Yeah. Selling is hard. It's really hard. And yeah, so so my newsletter has been another way. And then in terms of client work, I've really just continued to not stop learning and really mm -hmm. becoming like a strategic asset in clients' businesses and not being just the assignment taker, like creating yeah. your own assignments, right? Like pitching ideas, pitching projects, pitching yes. opportunities to your clients. And that's something that outside of the workflow, outside of the money, that's something that makes clients look at you as an advanced freelancer, not even just like you feeling like you're advanced because you made money, you sure. know, but sure. it's yeah. like those things that I think I've, that have had the biggest impact and that have given me the opportunity to charge more. And because mm -hmm. we both win, right? Like they, mm -hmm. they get an amazing project. They get whatever metrics that they want to, you know, whether it's like to increase customers, yada, yada. And, you know, you get more money and you get more experience. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, and just to kind of close things up here, the other thing to think about getting to that next level of freelancing is what are the things adjacent to the service you're offering now that maybe you could bundle together and package up 
to number one, make your clients' lives easier. And number two, like kind of take things off their plate. Because when you think about it, for freelance writers, especially, they're you think about the content manager, they're responsible for so many different things like uploading content into the CMS and doing the SEO audit and you know, a myriad of things like that. Are there services that you could package into your rates where they're going to get more value out of working with you? And it's also going to simplify things on their end. So for example, like if you were a content writer who was helping with actual execution of the writing piece, you could say, I also have someone who can help build a really strong SEO outline for this. And I can kind of work from that. So if SEO is a big goal for you, this is something that's going to make your life easier because I've got somebody who can handle this. I just need a little bit of direction from you. Another example of this would be, so I have a friend who specializes in content strategy and I don't work with anybody unless they have a content strategy, but I don't want to do that. So I refer those people to her and she gives me a referral fee and then sends them back to me when it's time for, you know, like the content uh, strategy to be executed. So it's a win for both of us and the client is getting more out of what they would from working with me if they didn't have the content strategy. I never want somebody to spend money with me like endless, like aimlessly. You know, I want them yeah. to have a plan. So pointing them to somebody who can help them do that and then it makes my work better too. So again, everybody wins. Yeah. And I'll just tack on one last thing is even outside of marketing and content, that is also applicable. Like I've worked with in a, design, a UX design firm and he Ooh. a firm... But he was a, I should mention, he was kind of like us. Like he was a solo person. Um, his yeah. business was structured like a firm, but he was the main person. Like he touched every project. He hired the resources. But for example, like his specialty was UX and that was the main sell. But he hired mm -hmm. UI people to come in. And like, so, right, like, for example, like they, maybe they, he would, he would build the wireframes and someone would build like the interface and they can ship okay. the whole project together. So like a client doesn't have to worry about building a UI, they can get it all in one place. Um, yes. I think, again, like we we're saying, like that's a way to become an advanced freelancer. Like what are the things that your clients don't want to do after you submit your, your project to them? And how can yeah. you offer that so it makes life easier for them? Because that's all they want. Yeah. They just want life, their lives to be easier. Yeah. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's coming up with a distribution plan or social media copy or having like a CRO audit. If you're doing landing pages, having that built into your a copywriting proposal, whatever it might be. I feel like all of these are ways to charge more and earn more, but also kind of lever level up your business and the services you're offering as well. So lots of options here. We've given you a few to think about, but yeah, I would say just think about what makes sense for you. Think about the things that you enjoy doing versus what you don't enjoy doing and find a way to kind of make those puzzle pieces fit together. That's it. That's it. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Want to go pro with your freelancing career? Check out creativeclass.co for more information.